Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome back to another installment of New Books in Poetry's month-long celebration of the chapbook, Chapbook of Palooza. I am your host, Jen Fitzgerald. I'm very pleased to introduce our guest today, Laura Foley. Laura is the author of three full-length poetry collections, Mapping the Fourth Dimension, Harbor Mountain Press, Syringa, Star Meadow Press, The Glass Tree, Harbor Mountain Press, and one chapbook, Joy Street, Headmistress Press. The Glass Tree won the four-word Book of the Year Award in Poetry, Silver, and was a finalist for the New Hampshire Writers Project, Outstanding Book of Poetry. It received honorable mention in the Sheila Mountain Poetry Book Award, New England Poetry Club. Her unpublished manuscript, Night Ringing, was a finalist for the Autumn House Poetry Prize. Her poem, Driving Route 95, was a finalist in the Ruth Stone Poetry Prize 2014. Her poems have appeared in journals and magazines, including Valparaiso Poetry Review, Atlanta Review, The Mom Egg Review, Pulse Magazine, Poetry Nook, and Lavender Review. Laura holds graduate degrees in English and Comparative Literature from Columbia University, is a volunteer Buddhist chaplain and creative arts facilitator in hospitals, and is a newly minted Sri Yoga instructor. She lives on a woody hill in South Pomfret, Vermont, with her partner, Clara Jimenez, and their three big dogs. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. So one thing that struck me when I first read the collection is that you work mostly in short form. Is this how poems come to you, or do you write towards smaller stanzas? Um, I, I'm not sure I understand the question. Sure. Um, so when I first read your work, your work, I noticed that you are able to um, contain entire worlds in very small amount of space on the page. And I didn't know if this was how poems come to you, if they come to you as these, you know, these enormous um, understandings and consciousness that you are able to fit into a condensed space, or do you think that that form works best so that's what you write towards? Um. I think the former is probably the case. I I don't know. Um, I know that when I when I was in college and um, anytime I've had assignments, I always uh, had trouble uh, writing as many pages as we were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I just think I think that way. Mm. Uh, yeah. So um, I was going to ask you to read a different poem first, but just to illustrate what we're talking about for our listeners, would you read Drift on page twenty six? Sure. Drift. I I roll Aunt Lizzie, who can't see me over the phone. Tell her I'm dating a woman now. But at 90, she's adrift in uncharted seas. Till I say, we may marry. And she crests the wave, her kind old voice soothing. Oh, but Laura, you're still attractive to men grasping the rudder with practiced hands. Thank you very much. 
Um, so this is a perfect example of um, what I was talking about. So I was curious if, when you're writing these, that if um, if the poems appear to be much longer and that during the revision process they are condensed into these these you know small but yet enormous worlds on the page. Right. Um, I would say no. They come as these small um, visions or something or memories, and then I, if anything, I. Um, I enlarge them. Mm, okay. It's interesting. Um, so if I could ask you to please read um, Dinner Party on page five. Okay. Dinner Party. I don't know anyone here except my new partner, Clara. I haven't spoken a word in two hours, but now her lawyer colleagues discuss the hostess's mother's ashes stashed upstairs in a closet, and I think, great, I will leap in with a story of how we buried my husband in the front yard, dug the hole ourselves. Yes, it's legal in New Hampshire. Yes, I got a vault. All sound smart, resourceful, witty, and everyone will like me. I've been pretending I'm my quiet musician son, thinking deep thoughts, but feeling bored and awkward, a pained smile cracking my face. Now I've missed my chance. The husband says vaults are a terrible idea because you want the body to decompose into earth and tree roots, and I think, oh my God, I buried him badly. But I'd confuse them if I did contribute, since no one knows I was married, never mind widowed, husband buried in the yard. Someone's talking cat coffins asking maple or pine, or shiny walnut and tie mahogany with hot pink satin lining. Someone else has a pet cemetery with wind chimes to remind them of Fluffy. Clara, shy and quiet too, smiles as I do all through dinner, though she tells me later she could have explained about ashes, the ease of letting go. Thank you very much. Um, this is one of my favorite poems in the collection. Um, I love the way that it shows a mind at work and it moves from one subject to the next. Can you talk a little bit about how this was crafted? Um, sure. This one I wrote, it started out in a writing class um, where we get together and the, um, the leader of the group, Joni Cole, gives a prompt. And I can't remember what the exact prompt was that made me want to start writing about this experience that I had just had um, at this really long dinner party where I didn't say anything. And... Um, so I wrote the draft in the class. So in a period of 20 minutes or so, it all it kind of spilled out. Mm-hmm. And then um, it went through many revisions over, over time and uh, kept getting kind of um, in some ways larger and in some ways smaller the way it happens, at least with me, on revision. Mm-hmm. The bare bones were, were uh, emerged in that one, in that one class. So that's really interesting how it's an entire poem um, based on everything that wasn't said. I like that idea a lot. Um, Would you please read Midpoint on page 27 for us? Midpoint. This night, in an eternity of such nights, 
we escape the illusion of an unmoving home to watch stars getting born and dying in violence and fire, forging new galaxies for who knows whom or what or why. We settle under our car's open roof become lens, this shivery midnight on a wind-blown hilltop, the horizon below us. Have some chocolate, she offers, tucking a blanket around us, midpoint of stillness between our own fiery poles. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this piece, it felt like a, a departure from the collection. Am I wrong in thinking that? Um, well, tell me what you mean by departure. Sure. So as I was reading, um, I began to anticipate and look forward to these sort of moments or narrative instances that would lead to a realization or a revelation or even a turn of language that, that twisted um, the point of view slightly. And with this, um, I began this poem, um, I began to become more aware of sound, of, of prosody. Um, it just it didn't have the same um, narrative, I guess, skew as the others. Am, am, am I crazy? You can tell me if I'm crazy. It's happened. <laughs> um, well, I, I, it, you know, I think it's it's hard for me. In the, I have so much um, work, really. That uh, Joy Street is a collection of uh, a certain number of poems from a, a larger work, which is um, which I've just finished. Mm-hmm. And perhaps in that larger work, there are more like this. I think I, I, uh, I think I do go around from from a prose poem type of poem to a more a lyric poem, and maybe that's what you're finding in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, m- most definitely. Um, I did pick up on, on lyricism in this, but um, the imagery is beautiful in it. Um, you definitely have a way with, um, how should I say it, with creating not only a narrative, but a narrative of a moment, um, which is something I really enjoyed about your work. Um, and I'm hoping that you can share one final poem with us, and that would be Hindsight on page 17. Hindsight. I happen after the photo of my emaciated father standing on a ship's deck, dark hair combed neatly to the right. He's just endured four years of war. POW for the Japanese. Starved. Waterboarded. One feature commands our attention. My partner names it his survivor eyes, just like mine. Thank you very much. Is there anything that you would like to tell us about this poem? Um, I guess I could speak about why I think of myself as a survivor. If, if that's something you want to do, then that's completely fine. Um, I did love the turn at the end. This is one of the things that I, I said I um, enjoyed about your work was how you were able to have the, this moment, but then completely twist the the point of view. I have heard that before. That that is something that happens in the poems. That there's a, a kind of a, a twist or a turn. I think that that's when I know that the poem has come to an end. Um, and that might explain perhaps why they tend to be short. Um, it's like I go in somewhere 
and then I wait to see what's going to happen. And then the poem tells me that we have done the turn and it's time to stop. Um, often when I re-enter a poem, uh, I guess I would say I have trouble re-entering a poem and then lengthening it. Um, it often seems to have already done its work. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's a really interesting way um, of, of looking at the creation of, of a poem. I don't know if I've ever had that experience, but it, it seems satisfying in a way to, to know that you've reached that turn and that the poem has, has breathed itself, so to say, to life. Right. I feel that the poem is, is having something to say to me, and my job is to um, be available for it to speak through me. I don't mean to sound totally mystical, um, but there's certainly something that is beyond my own grasp, beyond the ego's grasp of, of, of the thing. And it has to do also with language. So it might be, sometimes I'll have a rhyme in a poem or an internal rhyme, and at first I won't notice the rhyme, I'll just know this word is right. And later I'll realize it was because, you know, the, because the rhythm, the cadence, has led me that into that direction. Um, so certainly this poem was, uh, was a, it was a great surprise to me. I, I had wanted to, um, or I had, I have felt this connection with my father, and we do, did look alike. I mean, he did look, at least I do look a bit like as he did, um, our eyes and our hair, and, and I was, I didn't know that it was that piece about Survivor, um, so it was an important poem to me because it was a kind of a breakthrough, and I felt that I had joined with him in in a way, um, in a in a in a soulful. It was a soul connection with my dad. Wow, I love that. Um, you know, Laura, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time today and for sharing your work and your process. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Jen. Thank you. This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry. Mm-hmm.